Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. We're broadcasting this week again from my hometown of Los Angeles. Now, this is a business show where we call it exactly as we see it. No friends, no favors, and that's why we call it the No Bullshit Business Radio Program. You can rely on what you hear here. Now, we're at the Bob Pritchard Radio Program, our consulting business. We champion entrepreneurs. Anybody in an early-stage business, a startup, in fact, all small businesses, no matter where you are in the world, and we are heard right around the globe at the same time every week. Now, we love hearing stories about successful entrepreneurs, particularly young entrepreneurs. It's not easy to be an entrepreneur and be successful. Around 97% of all startup businesses fail. So those who succeed deserve to have their names shouted from the rooftops. Here's one such instance. Just three years ago, when she was 14 years old, Bella Weems was saving up every penny she could to buy a used car. Instead of buying the used car, Bella began the Origami Owl Jewelry Company, and she used this money that she'd saved, and also all the money she'd made from babysitting to make lockets and sell them to her friends. At age 15, the company went into the wholesale model and revenue began to explode. In 2012, she is now 16, Origami Owl turned over $24 million in revenue. And this year, she's 17, and they will hit $250 million in revenue. So from a standing start with saved money in three years, zero to $250 million, and she is only 17 years old now. How good is that? Now, last year, Bella bought a white Jeep, which she named... Alice, go girl, you are our champion entrepreneur of the week. What a great story. I love those stories. And then people come in here all day long and bitch about how tough, you know, guys are 25 and 35 and 45, how tough it is and how, you know, the world's stacked against them and how you can't be successful if you don't have money, etc., etc. That is just plain bullshit. You know, there are so many great stories of people, 14, 9, there was one the other day that we did, 9 years old. (laughs) So this is the wrong place to come and bitch. Now, if you've got a story about an entrepreneur, doesn't have to be a young one, any entrepreneur, I don't care if you're 65 years old, if you've got enough balls to go out and have a go and you make it work, we will salute you. Now, the Family Advocacy Association, Common Sense Media, released the results of a survey during the week, and I love this. 
it showed that 38% of children under two use their tablet or smartphone before they can speak. <laughs> so 38% of kids under two use their tablet and smartphone before they can speak. They use it for playing games, watching videos, and as an educational tool. And I'm sure a bit of babysitting goes on there too. By the age of eight, 72% of children regularly use a smartphone, tablet, or computer. So there's absolutely no question that the digital generation has well and truly arrived. In just the last couple of years, TV and DVD use has declined, while kids are using tablets and smartphones for a longer period of time. What I love <laughs> is the study showed that these young kids walk up the TV screens and try to swipe it like an iPad or an iPhone to change channels. You've got to do what? You've got to push buttons on a remote? What are you talking about? What century are we living in here? <laughs> I love it. I might add that the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that parents should bar all screen time, including mobile devices for children under two. On one hand, I've got to say I agree with them. On the other hand, and I hate to say this, it simply ain't going to happen. You know, in 2004, Melissa Meyer, she's now the head honcho at Yahoo and a bloody smart woman, but in, 19, in 2004, she was then a hot shot at Google and she made the categoric pledge on Google's behalf that there will never be banner ads on the Google search homepage. Never, ever. Remember the last time somebody said that? No new taxes. Remember that? How long that last? Well, this is about the same. That was then and this is now. We now know that never, never, ever is only about eight years. A whistleblower has this week disclosed that running banner ads at the top of Google search pages has now been agreed by senior executives. Of course, the company ducked and dodged, but they, were, they would concede that it is running a very limited US-only test of banner advertising on its web pages. But in the same way that the categoric never, ever pledge bit the dust, you can bet that the very limited US-only test of banner advertising is simply the very thin edge of the wedge. We are going to cop banner advertising for absolutely sure and certain. As you know, I was um, speaking at a major conference in Dubai a couple of weeks ago, and I commented on the program what an extraordinary country it is. And the attention to detail that it puts in being number one at absolutely everything is mind-blowing. Well, the government of Dubai has just announced a new project transforming Dubai into a smart city built around open access to high-speed public wireless internet and near-field communication. All government departments and services will be interconnected through a multifaceted transformation of services and infrastructure, impacting areas including transport, energy, healthcare, public safety, and in fact, all government services. 
Dubai's already invested in utilising biometrics for securing efficient border clearance, centralised government payments, and its cross-border electronic data exchange system is already the best in the world. Meanwhile, our government shuts down, threatens not to pay its bills, and is, i got to say, broken. That gives you something to think about, doesn't it? Last week, I also mentioned that I had a wonderful time at the launch of Countdown Motion Pictures at the Palm in Hollywood. Countdown, one of the owners, is my good friend Gavin Wood. And what I forgot to mention was a great performance by D. Henry Fenton um, at the launch. Now, I, I had never heard of this guy or seen this guy, now, um, but um, he's just released a new album, I should say CD, which is called Turnin, T-U-R-N-I-N, which is getting a lot of airplay in Santa Fe. And he was great. And uh, he gave me a, a CD, which I've been listening to. In fact, we have it on um, in the office during the day. So um, I'm confident that airplay will spread from Santa Fe. So look out for D. Henry Fenton. He's a terrific guy. He's got a great voice, and you should have a listen to Turnin, T-U-R-N-I-N. Look it up. Um, You'll love it. Also, last week, I went to the um, AIF Film Awards in Century City and had a fantastic evening, really great. The honorees on the night um, included Jewel Academy Awards nominee Jackie Weaver, who you probably know from her fantastic performance in Silver Linings Playbook, in Animal Kingdom, in Stoker, Five-Year Engagement, and, of course, now in Parkland, which is the new movie about the assassination of JFK. Baz Luhrmann, who brought us Strictly Ballroom, Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, Australia, and recently The Great Gatsby, the master of the huge. He was also honoured. Other nominees were... Oh, the winners were Sullivan Stapleton, Alex O'Loughlin, Blue Tongue Films, and Warner Brothers legend Steve Papazian. It really was a fantastic night. And what impressed me the most was how down to earth Alex O'Loughlin, he's the star of Hawaii Five O, um, and what a great guy. You know, he's just a fantastic guy. And the other thing that really surprised me, I must admit, and I don't know why, but Twilight star Robert Pattinson Pattinson, is also a super down-to-earth, very unassuming, terrific guy. So well done to the team at AIF. We're already looking forward to next year, and uh, hopefully I'll see you next Monday night at the premiere at Rally Studios. Now, if you take into account the diminishing numbers for cable and network television, the huge nightly Facebook usage, Netflix turning around and winning three Emmys, and with new studios being set up by Apple, Google, Yahoo and Amazon, add to that the the enormous numbers being generated by YouTube and Hulu, then you have to reach the conclusion that traditional television as we know it is in real 
trouble. In Variety this week, it lists 16 original productions that are being produced by Amazon, both for adults and for children. And the Plumbers Group, the gigantic ad agency holding company, has reached a deal with Google to purchase tens of millions of dollars in YouTube advertising during this next year. Now, that's just a few months after MediaVest made a similar major deal with Twitter. So a note to all TV execs, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Hulu, and a whole bunch of others, all have massive and rapidly growing audiences that they communicate with, that they have dialogue with, while yours are diminishing. And yours is dialogue. It's not monologue. So all these companies, the Facebooks, the YouTubes, etc., they're coming after your ad dollars. And they're coming after your ad dollars fast. Add to the fact that Canada will soon probably allow the public to buy their programming from cable distributors a la carte, which sooner or later is going to happen in the U.S., this has the potential to decimate the television industry. Wow. Big changes are on the way. Now, there's no question that the internet and social media is the greatest boon to communication in history. But, you know, before the internet, you built your business and your personal reputation over a whole bunch of years. Any issues that came up were limited in scope and you could usually address them one-on-one with whoever the problem was with. But now, any minor issue can be broadcast worldwide instantly. One blistering review on Yelp can destroy everything you've built up over 10, 20, or even 50 years. The problem is that these reviews can be from a disgruntled customer or, more often than not these days, they could be from people working on behalf of your competitors. So it's absolutely critical that you actively monitor and manage both your business and your personal reputation online. Don't let others tell the story, or it could become an absolute disaster for you. There are several things you need to do. Firstly, do not ignore the internet. While you may not think it's important to your business, your customers do. So regularly Google both your own name and your company name and check it out. So when potential customers want to know more about your business, don't send them to online review sites. Do not do it. A better course of action is to focus on improving your ranking on Google search results. So you do that by posting articles with informative information, useful information that can help the customer, to tell them all about your expertise, and make yourself a trusted resource for those customers. Thirdly, guard your reputation. You can either use a um, reputation management company or you can use free tools like um, 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 Google Alerts, TweetBeep, Social Mention, Monitor This. They're the only ones I can think of for the minute. Whatever you do, don't let others destroy what it's taken you so long to build up. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. The whole reason we are here is to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So if you've got a question about any aspect of business, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at 
bobpritchard.com and we will answer it on air or we'll email you directly. The Bob Pritchard Radio Show, we are the number one show in the world for entrepreneurs. So no matter where you are on the planet, we thank you for listening. I'll be back in just a minute with a great guest, a friend and a fellow member of Metal here in Los Angeles. This guy's a highly successful entrepreneur, enjoying success with Walt Tucker Productions, then with Seventh Level, then with New Media Broadcasting Company, and more recently with Direct to Care. If that isn't enough success for one person, Scott Page is a legendary member of some of the biggest bands in the history of music. Pink Floyd. Heard of them? Super Tramp, Toto, Spinal Tap. This guy is a legend and a hell of a nice guy. More importantly, and this is the most important thing I think about Scott, he's selfless. He has raised millions of dollars for people far less privileged. I'll be back with Scott in just a moment. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business, and I'll be back right after this short break. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. And this is the segment of the show where we talk to people who have achieved great success, people that are making a real difference in the world, and we try to find out what it is that makes them tick. Now, this, this program's all about assisting entrepreneurs to learn from successful people and emulate these success stories. You know, we're all the masters of our own destiny, and I believe that most of us can be almost anything we want to be, and usually the only thing that's stopping us is that person that looks back in the mirror at us every day. To be an entrepreneur, irrespective of what business you're in, it takes guts and the willingness to really push the envelope. Now, my guest today has done exactly that. How would you like to have a resume that describes you as a 
technologist, an entrepreneur, a musician, and a songwriter. As an entrepreneur, he formed Walt Tucker Productions, an audio-video post-production company, formed that in 1987. 1992, he co-founded Seventh Level, which is a CD-ROM game and educational software company. Later, co-founded New Media Broadcasting Company, a social media and collaborative communications enterprise. Now he's the CEO, the co-founder and CEO of Direct to Care, which is an online management company for healthcare. That's a pretty good lineup. Stop there. My guest received several acknowledgements and awards for his technology company's achievements. Named as one of the 50 pioneers of multimedia, he's been a guest lecturer and panellist at numerous conferences and university symposia. His industry acknowledgements include being named one of the top 100 multimedia producers by Multimedia Magazine, one of the 100 coolest people in Los Angeles. Now, that's, that's a title I could go for. I'd like that one. <laughs> by Buzz Magazine and one of 50 new media innovators profiled in Pioneer Electronics Multimedia Frontier. Oh, I forgot something. Scott Page is most recognised for being a member of Pink Floyd, Supertramp and Toto, three of the biggest bands in the history of music. Now, this is a boy that's really got off his ass and achieved something. However, in my mind, Scott's um, has even one much more important credit in his resume. That is of a tireless worker for a range of charities. He's raised millions of dollars. And uh, that's something that is to be admired in entrepreneurs. If more people emulated Scott, the world would be one hell of a lot better place. Not only that, he's a good bloke. Hi, mate. How are you? Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Well, thank you very much. And actually, I want to know that guy you just talked about. He's Holy cow, cool, I can't he? believe it. He's pretty cool. He is he really cool. Cooler. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. It's funny. All this time's gone by, and now I'm on the other end. I remember always thinking about talking about, you know, guys that were that were my heroes and, my you know, with these great track records and well, I blinked, and now at least uh, I'm old, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know the feeling, old. mate. But a hundred <laughs> coolest people in Los Angeles. I think that's a that that, that that's the accolade you want. <laughs> uh, it was great. Yeah, that was pretty funny. It was uh, actually pretty exciting. And, you know, it's a wonderful actual title. I'm very thankful to have gotten that because that's actually one of the things that I think is so important in business is you know being able to get along with people and. Sure. You know, it's such a core aspect. It's all based on relationships, right? Absolutely. Now, yep. it's, a, it's a hell of a long way from appearing on the Lawrence Welk show in the ABC in the <laughs> 50s when you were a little kid to direct to care. Um, it's yeah. a, social, a social network which provides outpatient healthcare advice. Um, at seventh level, you created a series of educational programs and you've raised mm-hmm. millions of dollars for charity. So you're obviously a socially conscious person. Did you deliberately set out to create technology companies that do good, or do you do good simply because those companies became successful? 
Interesting question. No, it wasn't really thought. I didn't go into it from the point of view of I'm going to try to build a socially conscious uh, business or anything like that. It was mostly just, you know, just I'm just a big believer. The more you give, the more you get, and uh, it's just it's amazing. You just sort of through the through being out there in the world, you stumble along with you stumble you meet different people, uh, and these opportunities come up. And you know, it's always fun to get involved with those types of things because there's such a great spirit and passion that goes along with those kinds of organizations. And you know, it's just very it's very rewarding. So yes. we try to uh, you know be involved in as many as we possibly can. Few people do that though. So where does where does this commitment to the community come from? Uh, boy, you know, I guess it's, you know, my, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much into a lot of the spiritual teachings and, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about that and meditating yeah. and it just seems like it's, it's just kind of, you know, it's involved in intertwined right in our DNA, I think, when we start looking at that. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, I think it's just an important thing to uh, get involved you know, I think one of the main things that happens is a lot of times people will get involved and it's just still okay. It's based on their ego. You know, yeah, they sure. do it because it makes them feel good, uh, which is definitely a great part of it. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're really giving, uh, it really pays off. It really helps in your business too. I mean, it's again, like I said, it's you, the more you give, the more you get. And it's just, it's a win-win for everybody. I think that's absolutely true. You know, it's the more you give back, the more people, you know, it improves your brand equity, for want of a better word. I mean, people yeah. actually like you and admire you as a person, and that's got to be great for business. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, the whole game of business is really based on relationships. And that's what's so interesting about the whole social world, the ability now for virtually anybody to have the opportunity to build relationships with people. I mean, that's what just blows my mind is how, you know, I've made friends with people now in targeted areas using the, you know, using the internet, haven't even met some of these people, but you know, they're there for you and they can really help you. And I mean, it's incredible, the education, the knowledge, if you really start to get the hang of search and how social works and, you know, how to communicate and collaborate with people online. It's a, it's an incredible time. I mean, yeah. it really is for the entrepreneur. It's the greatest time in history. I, I keep t- saying, cause right now I'm really kind of helping and focusing on a couple areas uh, with artists, because I'm kind of going back into the music side of things, because it's, right. you know, taking some of my knowledge from that and going back in there. But this is like, a, I explained to them the greatest time in history for the independent artists, yeah. especially to make money. I mean, the, but the big issue they have is they just don't really know how to engage yet or how to really kind of turn those fans into super fans and kind of build those relationships. You know? that, that's a weakness across most business. I've just given a speech about um, um, the likely changes in the, over the next 10 years in business and uh, um, people were just sitting there sort of dumbfounded. They think that it's going to continue. The, you know, they're still out there buying double-page newspaper ads and, and, and radio. <laughs> I, can't <laughs> and I, I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it either. I just don't get it. Anyway, when you were young, you had three mm-hmm. goals. One yep. to be a muso, one to own a yep. business, and the third one to produce documentaries. Now, when you play yeah. Pink Floyd on the road, you'd sit there and read business books, which is yep. not what most people would expect from a rock star. I mean, it's hardly drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Do you want to come and come to this party? No, I think I'll read Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> At that stage... Had you formulated in your mind what sort of business you wanted to go into or did you simply want to have the skills that, so that when the time was right, you had the skills to make a success of it? Uh, well, it's, let's see. During that time, 
I was really, more, I was actually interested in the production side of business. So I was out with Floyd and started a production company, which was Walt Tucker yeah. at the time. And um, during that time, I was really trying to just take the opportunity with all the free time we have on the road to really educate myself. You know, when I got, when I took the, when I take a gig, when I went on the road, because we were on the road with Pink Floyd, that was an 18 month tour. Sure. So I'm, you're going to be gone for quite a while. So I knew the day that I started, the most important thing was, is now I have a year and a half to figure out what I'm going to do the day after it's over. Because <laughs> um, so, it comes quick. It's like you blink and boop, oh, that was a fast year and a half. It does come um, quick. So, so I really tried to take the opportunity to really kind of educate myself in the business world because I'd started that and I was always fascinated with the idea of business. My dad being a serial entrepreneur through the years, I'd grown up with him. He'd started a whole bunch of different businesses. And so I kind of got the, got hooked on that aspect through him. Um, but uh, it wasn't really, at that time I was, again, I was really more interested in the, in the, in the uh, production and um, kind of uh, media business at the time. And, and actually, when I came back after doing that first tour on the road, uh, when we had a break, I ended up going to Comdex, which was a you know big trade show that was going on in Las Vegas, technology show. And I basically saw my future at that time, which is where I was sitting across the, the room, actually uh, promoting a CD-ROM that I'd worked on. And I saw a... Um, up on the screen, this thing from across the room went over, and it was a it was a thing called the Living Book. It was one of the first. It was called Grandma and Me, a kids' right. educational title. Yeah. And once I saw that, and saw actually multimedia starting to happen on the computer, that's when I really tailored my my thinking about jumping into the cyber scene. And I really focused a lot in that area. And what was great was, is obviously being with Pink Floyd, it was always a great icebreaker. And I was able to really, you know, friend a whole bunch of these cyberpunks, you know, these guys and hanging out in their garages and, you know, writing code and, you know, doing the digital beans up in San Francisco and really hanging in that community. It was actually interesting because it was myself and Todd Rundgren and then uh, Thomas Dolby came in a little bit later on. We were kind of the, really the first music guys kind of into that whole area. But when I saw that, I, I saw my future, and then I saw that the real game was getting into technology, and that's when I met my partner, uh, business partner, a guy by the name of George Grayson, yeah. who was actually running the 20th largest software company in the United States at the time. And I pounded him every day to say, hey, dude, let's go. It's this multimedia <laughs> thing. Let's go, let's go. Next thing I know, I um, brought Bob Ezrin in, who was, uh, you know, he produced all the Pink Floyd records and, you know, he's major, major producer, Kiss and all the big records and Alice Cooper. Bob uh, was asking me, he's read an article about uh, the show that I was putting on in Vegas for Convex and called me up. And the next thing I know, Bob's my partner and we're in it and we're going after it. And that's when I really started to focus on the whole technology side of things. So it's, it's got to be a help when you're talking to tech guys and they're sitting there um, eating bags of chips and drinking Coke and listening to Pink Floyd music. It's got to be a help. <laughs> it does help. There's no question. <laughs> There's no question. I'm very, very thankful to have, have been able to, uh, you know, be able to absorb a little piece of that brand, you know. Well, now, with all the emphasis at the moment on healthcare, how does mm-hmm. direct-to-care fit into the overall healthcare landscape? How do you how do you see that? Well, I- well, actually, this, this is a little bit, I've got to update. What we've done is we were, we were basically, directed care was really focused on uh, presence management for healthcare yep. professionals. And we actually saw the opportunity that, you know, what we were doing in the healthcare space is not just for doctors and those kind of guys, but actually into, 
you know, all types of business. So we've expanded what we were doing and we've actually creating right now the online presence index. Right. And so we've actually have now switching the brand to the getyouropi.com, which will be launching in about, oh, probably hopefully another month or so, uh, which is really about focusing on managing online presence for, uh, you know, for anybody, which is, you know, it's important because Absolutely. that's your new, uh, your new, your new resume. Oh. So what we've, so what we've done is we basically bring in a lot of data into a dashboard so they can really get a feel for what's going on online and it's mapped to this index so you can see how you're doing, how your competition is doing and who else. And, you know, just really it's about authority and managing your online presence, you know, across that's, the board, not just social influence. That's fantastic. That's, that's really yeah. important. I've got a couple of clients and one of the most difficult things is um, just trying to keep a handle on everything that's out there and, and get the feedback and it's, it's really difficult at the moment yeah so does scott page sort of have all these multiple personalities you know on one hand you obviously love being a group out in front of a hundred thousand people and yet you love to play or love to play incognito in small clubs that seems to be kind of weird um and then you've created a succession of successful technology businesses yet you um work tirelessly to help people who are less privileged. I mean, it just seems that you've done all of these things unbelievably well. well. But are you a musician, a businessman, a philanthropist? I mean, which one are you and which one would uh, you like on your tombstone? I'm not wishing you, you know, any luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there soon enough. <laughs> um, you know, gosh, you know, I, it's all pretty much the same to me. I mean, it's, again, it's, you know, building businesses and building relationships. It's all about the ride, you know, and I love, look at, I love music. I'm actually now really getting back into the music side of things on the, on the, uh, uh, documentary side of my second piece. What I've done is I've actually collected for the past uh, 52, I hate to say years, all the, um, all these archives, I shot about 150, 60 hours of Pink Floyd video, tens of thousands of photographs of tours and all that stuff. So now I'm in the midst of compiling all of that and getting ready to put a bunch of that out online, uh, which is so that's going to sort of solve the documentary side. So the question is, what is it? I, it's just, it's all of them. The music to me is, is, is much as important as the business side because they really do go hand in hand. When you really start thinking from a business point of view, it's uh, from an artist point of view, you have to be a businessman. Uh, from a businessman point of view, you have to figure out how to, how to create, whether it's you or somebody else creating something of value. So, I mean, they really all intertwine. So, you know, I'm, I'm just happy with the, Hey, that guy that, you know, played the saxophone and got some code written. <laughs> I guess that's what we'll go on. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, yeah, it's, it's very important these days because it doesn't matter what business you're in. You need mm-hmm. to be a good business person. It's one thing to yeah. be a visionary and, and be creative, but you've got to make those things work. And there's lots of, you know, everybody's got an idea, but very few people actually make them successful. Yeah, it's not an easy thing. And, I, you know, it's it's definitely, you have to work. And that's what you know, I tell all the artists that I'm working with right now. You know, it's like it's the greatest time in history for you to create a business. Uh, you know, I don't have to tell you, you know, the online world is opening incredible opportunities and sure. to bypass you know, all third parties, you don't really need a record label anymore. What you need is an audience and whoever owns the audience wins. That's right. So it's, it's how do you engage that audience? How do you, uh, uh, create when, you know, I, I kind of follow the Kevin Kelly model of a thousand true fans. Yeah. 
you know, the idea of a true fan, somebody that spends a hundred dollars a year on you, you know, you got a thousand, you got a hundred grand. So if the artist That's starts the Lady to Gaga model too, she's been enormously successful with her points of focus that she's done. Enormous. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's a real interesting time and, you know, business is such an important part and especially in the artist world where these guys are terrible businessmen for the yeah. most part. Yeah. They don't realize how, first of all, they're terrible marketers and the terrible business people, yet in the world where they sit right now, they have one of the most important tools is, you know, it's all about content marketing and how to create relationships using your content. They create content, which is always the hardest part to do, Absolutely. right? So they've got a big piece of it solved. It's really just learning these other aspects. So, you know, that's the area I'm focused on is really trying to help artists figure out, take it from a business point of view. Is it a hobby or is it going to be a business? That's my first question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what is interesting is that the changes are so tremendous now that you've got, um, for example, Breaking Bad rated, uh, pulled in 10.3 million listeners, and yet you have um, Nice Peter on um, YouTube who can get 80 million people viewing his his, um, video. So... I know. You know, it's a whole different ball game now. You've got you've got Yahoo setting up studios and Apple setting up studios and everybody setting up studios that that give everybody, no matter what you do, just an incredible entree into this whole new world of reaching the people right where they live, one on one, without going through anybody else. Yeah, incredible. I mean, that that is such a fundamental change in the way everything's being done. I mean, the opportunities for those that seize it right now are just yep. incredible. No, I agree. I mean, yeah, you know, you're seeing it. You know, I always use the example, which we, you know, both of us, we hang out with Ken, Ken Rakowski and his metal yep. group. Uh, I don't know if you saw the time when Aaron Ray came over there from um, the collective and, you yep. know, he handled all those things like the angry orange and all that. Yeah, that when was, I, that was brilliant. Fact, yeah, when you hear that the ang- not the angry orange, the annoying orange, annoying which orange, costs yeah. between two hundred to five hundred dollars per episode, is a, a, this year will become a billion dollar property. Yeah, and that was that was launched off of YouTube, right? So the model has definitely shifted, and if you build audience, you're, you're the you know the world is your oyster. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you basically can clean up, so that's the game. That wonderful was, time. That was an absolutely jaw dropping presentation, I reckon. It was fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. I mean, you know, you're talking about most people think about um, a um, an impact bringing you in a dollar, and he's talking about multiples of $30, and you sit there and think, how the hell do they do that? But, um, but you can. Once you, once you understand yep. the business, you really can. Yeah. So the, yep. the, the third item on your list of desires when you were young was to create documentaries. Now, yeah. where, where are you with that? You mentioned that you've got... You've... Yeah. yeah, so I've been collecting and, you know, kind of pulling all the pieces together for years, and it's actually kind of fun that what I'm doing is I've been pushing this stuff into a closet and, a, and into a storage bin for, <laughs> you know, like I said, more than 50 years, and I never looked at any of it. Yeah. You know, it's sort of just collecting. I'm a major collector, so I've been collecting, collecting, and collecting, and shooting video and taking photos and... You know, that's what I did on my tours and while I was out all this time. And so I'm having fun right now where we've been digitizing everything. And uh, it's actually blowing my mind to go back and see some of this stuff. So what I'm doing is, is I'm actually, instead of like trying to edit all this footage and do all of that, I'm actually taking an approach which is a little different. Since I haven't seen it, I'm going to take my viewers along with it at the same time. So oh, cool. I, get my vi- I get my video camera out. 
And I say, okay, where are we going today? Let's see. We're going to go to uh, Pink Floyd in Venice. Okay, boom. I pull it up and I say, okay, here's what's happening. So I I say, hold on. I throw the thing on. I throw the, 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 the file up. I start, when I find something really cool, I turn the camera back on. I go, here, this will kill you. Check this out. Boom. And I just shoot in the video screen. Right. Of the actual moment, and actually commentating on top of it, putting some you know some verbiage over the top. So it's actually kind of fascinating because it's my first time seeing the footage and this stuff at the same time as everybody else. So it's actually interesting to go back and go through all this. So you know that's what I'm doing, just kind of compiling all this stuff and things that I put together through the years to now take and uh, you know put it all together and get it out there and let people see some of the fun times we had in the days on the road and you know some really interesting points of view because obviously when you're inside with these bands and with these artists um you get a different point of view than you do sure. when you're out and from the audience point of view so sure. i think they'll be fascinated to see some of this stuff i spoke to a guy on the show last week um from a company called show dog who which mm-hmm. enables you to pull any material from anywhere and then pull it down onto a multiple of screens um, it's very clever. I will, I'll send you and him, um, and contact each other because that might be a great tool for you to facilitate mm. what you're doing. It's very clever. So, mm. you, you've been able to achieve fantastic success both as a musician and a businessman. Now, we've got a very large audience of entrepreneurs on this program, entrepreneurs and, and executives of companies. In your opinion, what are the key traits that are required to become successful, irrespective of whether it's music or business or whatever the hell it is? What are the, what are the major traits that you need to have? You know, I think obviously the one that everybody says, you have to have a passion. You know, for me, it's always been difficult to try to get involved in something that I wasn't really passionate about because the hard part is keeping the drive going. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a lot of times you can get all excited about a business opportunity because you look at the dollars and everything. But then at the end of the day, you go, is that really something I want to do every day? Yeah. And if it's not, if it's not, you know, the chances are you'll you'll drop out. You know, because it just does it. It's very difficult to keep it going. So obviously, passion is really important. Um, I think you know, building relationships is another really, really key thing. I always talk about influencing the influencers. Yep. That's really the model. I think a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs and things try to shoot. You know, take a the shotgun approach. Yep. And I try to yep. take a more of a like, okay, who are the people that can really inf- help me move my what my vision is, and who are they? And focus on trying to meet them and build a relationship with them. And um, I you know, think that's once you a get fantastic those, like, piece of advice. That's a great piece of advice. Yeah, because yeah, I mean that's the beauty of going out and uh, you know, especially today with search. You know, and I yeah. talk to people about Twitter search being one of the greatest business tools on the planet. You know, people are their, their eyes roll out. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, you know the ability to find audience, meet people, find people. I mean, you know, for me, I've been really focusing like over the last three, four years on really the whole content marketing and really trying to understand the new marketing and business models that are happening online. And through that, because I can target, I've met incredible people and found some great folks and stuff that build it where they're the influencers and they're so helpful in helping you move your business forward. So I think that's a big one. It's influencing influencers. Determine where you want to go, who's going to help you the most, where it is, and work on building those relations, figuring out how to meet those people and moving yourself through the process. 
Uh, there's actually a thing by uh, Stephen Mead, who is another metal. Oh, I love Stephen Mead. Yep. Stephen, and I don't know if you saw his Tornado Principle. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I have. It's a that's a fascinating thing, and I think everybody should go out if you're serious. You should go on YouTube, look for Stephen Mead and his Tornado Principle, and just check yeah. that out. I mean, it's very simple. But it's it like it's almost like the aha moment. You kind of go, oh, geez, I've been doing this wrong all this time. And it's really about how to find focus and figure out how to move your what you're trying to move forward in the most efficient way by, you know, finding the right people, asking the right questions. So that's a really good that's a good one. So definitely go check out Stephen Mead on YouTube, The Tornado Principle. I think it's a tornado. Is it principle? I can't remember that. Yeah, and, and the last okay. one, of course, I guess, is perseverance. So many people give up. Oh, yeah, you can't. I mean, that's that's the really interesting thing is, you know, staying on it is that's half the battle. But what I would say, too, probably one of the more important things, because I've been there, I'm telling you right now, I was so passionate about something and I worked and worked, didn't give up, didn't give up, didn't give up. I didn't know when to give up. Yeah, that's, a that's good another one is when to when to fold. Yep. You know, if things aren't getting to place, I mean, that's a very touchy thing because you want to be per persistent about you know keeping that thing going and never giving up but, but at the same time yeah you can get killed by hanging on too long to an idea that just doesn't have legs even though you may think it does yep. and is it possible so it's a, that's a that's a tough one yeah keeping the perseverance and being you know having the stamina to go the extra mile but at the same time being smart enough to know when to call call it quits because i can tell you i've done that and it's very painful. <laughs> it's very painful because you becomes your baby and you're so entwined and you love it so much. You feel like it's got so much traction. It's got the possibilities. But then you can just, after a while, you just start seeing that, you know, it's just not getting the traction. A couple of simple and, questions to finish up. Okay. Who's your favorite all-time band? Oh, gosh, that's a really, that one goes crazy. I mean, I can tell you that there's, I've been listening to five records now for like 25 years, and I listen to them over and over again. So it's the same ones, same guys. Those records get better and better every year. But I'm, you know, I'm a big Stevie Wonder fan. The old, old school Stevie days. I just love him, you know. Um, You know, I I listen to those greatest hits records. Junior Walker is one of my all-time greatest favorite saxophone players on the entire planet. A very unique. uh, I love Nat King Cole. Is another okay. one that's great. Get, everybody go get Nat King Cole live at the Sands. I guarantee yeah, you. Yeah, it's fantastic. I agree. Fantastic record. You know, obviously there's Wes Montgomery. I mean, there's a, there's so many different guys that I really, really love. And, you know, from bands, I'm, I'm obviously, I love Pink Floyd, mostly because I'm so, I, I can't believe the the power of that brand and what it's all about. But, I agree. You know, there's, there's just, you know, that's a really tough question because I listen to you know, I'm so into the music scene. They're just different guys for different things. And a lot of the things that I listen to are probably so obscure to people like Lenny Bro. I don't know how most people have never heard of Lenny Bro. Probably the greatest guitar player that ever lived. Uh, go check him out on YouTube. That's B-R-E-A-U. Uh, uh, Lenny Bro. Okay, all-time uh, favorite song. My all-time favorite song? Um, I think it's... Uh, um, my all-time would be... Uh, 
Uh, uh, oh gosh, well, it's, it's, it's actually a, a great, uh, amazing grace. Amazing grace. <laughs> I heard a thought. I love, <laughs> I love that tune. I, I really love all those old traditional kind of tunes. Yeah. I love the way the chords, the changes. I just really enjoy a lot of that stuff. So those are some, you know, there's a bunch of them, but you know, those are the kinds of tunes I like. Scott Page, you are a great entrepreneur. You're a legend. You're an inspiration to any person seeking success in business. You are also a fucking great musician. And I hope I see you again at Metal sometime soon. This is Bob Pritchard. Thank you. This is Bob Pritchard, and you're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business. And I'll be back with you in just a moment. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit business show. And we're coming to you live Tuesday night, 5 p.m. here in Los Angeles. Now, after all of the speculating over the past couple of months about the demise of Apple. Yesterday, they announced in the last quarter, they sold 34 million iPhones and 14 million iPads, although iPad sales were flat, for a turnover of $37.5 billion and a profit for the quarter of $7.5 billion. It sort of rolls off the tongue, but to get that in a little bit more perspective, that is $7,500 million profit for the quarter. Not bad for a company that uh, is supposedly struggling to be innovative. Before I get to tonight's emails, I'd like to remind our Los Angeles listeners about a fantastic event this Saturday night, November 2, at Thousand Oaks Civic Auditorium in Thousand Oaks. It's just on the freeway there. The show is called On Point at 50 and Beyond, and it features former American Ballet Theatre ballerina Marie-France Levesque, and the ensemble from her Los Angeles dance company. She's a great lady, know her well, and um, also on the bill, Grammy-nominated composer and world-renowned Latin piano virtuoso, Freddie Ravel, who um, 
you may know from his work with Earth, Wind and Fire and Lady Gaga and Madonna and a bunch of others, another great guy and a good friend of mine. And uh, also the incredible seven-time Grammy Award-winning jazz great Al Giroux and the renowned opera singer Elizabeth Howard. I'll be hosting the show, and I would love to see you there on Saturday night at 7.30. Come up and say hello. And uh, I think for $55, you can come to a cocktail party with everybody and uh, meet all the stars. Now, it's a concert that you will not forget, I promise you. So that's this Saturday night, November 2nd, at Thousand Oaks Civic Auditorium, and the show's called On Point at 50 and Beyond. You will love it. Now, each week we try to bring you listeners from around the world, emails from listeners around the world. My first email today, and probably the only one I'll get to, I guess, is from Jose Hernandez from Mexico City, where we have a pretty strong listening audience. Jose's email reads, Dear Bob, thanks for a terrific show. It's a great source of information for small businesses who are trying to keep up with what is happening. I'm much better informed because of your show. I've created a new product, and I think there is an extensive market for it, not only in the Americas, but globally. How do I go about determining who and where to target? Dear Jose, thanks very much for your email. That is a bloody good question. You really have two choices. The first is to be you know, really highly focused. However, if you do that, you'll have a pretty small potential number of customers. The second choice is to go out broad spectrum, go out wham, where the potential number of customers is possibly huge. Now, Scott touched on this during the interview, but most entrepreneurs seem to believe that focusing on the huge potential markets is the way to go. You know, I'm always being told by entrepreneurs that, you know, if I can only get one-tenth of one percent, then it'll be in a, I'll sell 20 million of these things. It'll be a massive success and we'll be all very rich. However, you know, this rationale is just bloody ridiculous, actually, because um, inside the broad market, there'll be quite a number of sub-markets to target. All of your major competitors, both big and small, they're also going to be targeting this big market because it, it looks much more appealing. And because of the subcategories, it's going to be really difficult to differentiate your product from your competitors. Now, most entrepreneurs think that their product is unique. The overwhelming majority have a competitor of some sort that can do the same job. Maybe a different product, but it can still do the same job. And if you're relatively small, the task is extremely difficult to differentiate yourself when you're going out into a big market. The reality is that targeting the big, broad market nearly always fails. Let's look at an example. Let's say you build a um, generic product that millions of people across the planet could use. Um, All of your competitors can and will match you in advertising, promotion, publicity, etc., and probably with a lot more muscle. That means it's probably going to come down to price. And the big guys with distribution and service 
again, you're going to be at the losing end. It's very difficult to compete with these really big guys on price or um, distribution. Customer service, you can usually whip their ass, but otherwise it's hard. On the other hand, if you build a highly specialised product in which there's only a few, might be hundreds, might be thousands, potential clients on the planet, then you're going to be able to find out who they all are. You're going to know what their names are. You'll probably be able to talk to each one of them personally on the phone. And if you've got a few bob in the bank, you might be able to go and divide your planet up and go and visit them and give them specialised attention. You are likely to have much less competition. That means you can charge more. You can enhance your return on investment. You're going to have to be more specialised and probably build a few more tricks into your product, but it'll work for you. Now, once you enhance, once you enhance your product, you go and see them, you secure some clients, your reputation is going to increase. People are going to say, they went the extra mile for me. You can broaden your product offering and you can target the next level of customers and with some credibility. You'll also have more resources and you'll have more knowledge. So that all greatly increases your chance of success. You know, the reality is that in almost all cases, self-funded or even moderately funded entrepreneurs should pursue smaller addressable markets. The probability of success is inversely proportional to the size of the initial market. Jose, I hope that'll help you make the right decision on the marketing of your product. Tomorrow, we'll send you out a copy of my latest bestseller, which is Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, which is available on hardcover and as an audio book, and I hope that you enjoy it. Okay, so I'm running out of time, so I won't address my second email today. But um, if you're a regular listener to the show and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter, which has just gone out. Send in your questions. Email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and follow me on Twitter, Facebook and Google Plus and contact me on LinkedIn. I just thought of something. Um, with regard to that last email, um, I have frequently contacted clients across the world and said, look, I want a, an appointment. And normally, you know, they're going to say, Nick off, you try to get an appointment with somebody. But what you do is you say, look, I'm prepared to fly to meet you. That's going to cost me $5,000 in air, in air tickets. What I want is five minutes of your time. So if I'm prepared to invest the money in the air tickets and the accommodation, are you prepared to see me for five minutes? I've never, ever had anybody say no. So if you've got a good product, you believe in yourself, you can get in front of them, doesn't matter who the hell it is on the planet. So thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show. We're here for all entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place that you come every week at exactly the same time. I'm Bob Pritchard. I hope you have a fantastic and successful week. See you Saturday night at the Thousand Oaks Auditorium on point at 50 and beyond. 
Bye. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.